0: Today's episode of Producer Dudes is brought to you by A Red Arrow. Here's our latest single, Where the Sunshine Goes, available on iTunes, on Spotify, and other streaming platforms. Be sure to check them out.
1: hello everybody what is up what's going on eric here and kaylin or and we are the producer dudes hell yeah hell yeah
0: well today's <laughs> topic um on the last podcast we talked about our favorite you know guitars under a thousand and fifteen hundred dollars and why we would choose those and why the ultimate list came up and the ultimate list came up because i'm looking for a new guitar and Gibson. Is typically my go-to because you can ask any of my friends eric without a gibson is kind of weird especially a gibson les paul
1: yeah and um, you've always been a big like afi fan
0: afi fan coed and cambria um les pauls just do it for me um i could be at the prime of my playing on a strat or a telly or a schecter uh, or even a music man and then immediately pick up a les paul and i'll do everything i just did about 10 percent more efficient
1: gotcha uh, <laughs> yeah so, i mean it's and I think Les Pauls are great guitars, and they are iconic for good reason. They have a very distinct tone, a very distinct sound. It just would be super nice if uh, Gibson would make them a little bit more accessible for people nowadays. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. And we mean that by price point, because I'll say this, Gibson, I have given you so much money. So much money. <laughs> uh, and that's not like a, I'm entitled to anything. It's That's more of a joke. Because yeah. of the fact, I've probably owned ten. I've probably owned six Les Paul Studios, a couple traditionals, a couple standards, yeah, and a super cheap faded Les Paul. Right, and each of those fifteen hundred dollars for the studios.
1: Um, one studio for seventeen hundred dollars. And I felt like when the studios started creeping above the thousand mark, that's when I was kind of like, "Whoa, okay, this is this isn't good." You know, that started getting to the point where I was getting a little bit concerned.
0: I remember when gas was 60 <laughs> cents. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, totally be that guy.
1: Like, I remember, you know, you know make fun of me, whatever. I remember when uh, I started working for GC in 2012. I'm trying to, rem- I believe the Les Paul standard was just at two grand, maybe a little bit above two grand. And the traditional pros, which were like Guitar Center's exclusive version, um, kind of in between like the the studio deluxe and the uh, standards, were sitting around the sixteen hundred dollar, sixteen seventeen hundred dollar price point. Mm-hmm. Um, so to see that that number has now jumped up to where a standard is, you know, thirty three hundred ish range, depending on which version. Here, let me pull up Gibson. I have it right here. Yeah, yep, I wasn't, yeah, sadly, I was not far off. Yeah, Uh 3399 For a it, standard? For a Les Paul 2019 standard. Good God. Yeah, it's, it's, man, that's just getting ridiculous to me. Like, here's the thing, I, it's getting to the point to where it's, they're trying to sell it because it has the Les Paul name, more than the specs and the quality and the components that make it up. Now I get that. Like I've, and I've toured both. I had private tours. When I worked for guitar center, they flew me up to Nashville. I got to meet with the head CEO of USA at the time. And a lot of like guys who'd worked in the company for several decades, like gave us personal private tours of both the custom plant um, and the USA plant and some guys from the uh, Memphis factory like the hollow bodies also came down and they brought an assortment and they did like a demonstration of the new, um, uh, and this was in uh, late to- October of 2014. So it's right before 2015 line came out, which was not the best year for Gibson, uh, to, to say the very, very least. Um, and we could kind of all see it on unfold in front of us. And it was not a big surprise as they're trying to sell us on the, selling points of these guitars and why we needed to sell them for customers. And it became a very difficult thing to do. I felt like, um, and I, and and as a salesman, I like, I was commissioned at the time. It sucked because I was at a point to where I was struggling to be honest with the people that I cared about. And, you know, there's, you can go to guitar centers and you can find a lot of very bad salesmen and you can, find some very professional ones as well. It's, you know, there's the good with the good comes the bad. Um, I consider myself to be a professional salesman and I always tried to be honest and very open with my customers about my thoughts and not try to sell them something because I was trying to benefit myself, but because I thought it was the generally the best decision for them. Yeah. That's why you did so well. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that's part of the reason, and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back but that's part of the reason why you know Guitar Center flew me out to the Gibson Factory just so I could learn more about these products, and you know it was an awesome experience. They wined us and dined us, took us out to downtown Nashville, took us to a bunch of like bars down there. We had a great time. It was an amazing experience. I got to while I was there uh, something I will take with me forever and never forget. Um, they had a lot of guys who owned original. Uh, we had a 1959 Les Paul, a real one, a 1960 real one. And we had the Dwayne Allman gold top Les mm. Paul, 57 Les Paul there. And these guys, um, all brought them in and allowed us to play them. Oh, it's so cool. And it was one of the coolest experiences of my entire life. Mm-hmm. Like I will never forget that. So I am so thankful for the time I spent there in Gibson, but it is. And I think that's why like it, it aggravates me to see, these guitars, I get the icon that they are. I get why they should be valued and I get the importance of it. It just seems ridiculous for a Les Paul Studio to be how much is it now? $1800. Yeah, that's what a traditional pro that's more than what a traditional pro was um in 2012. You want to know the differences? You get fewer finishes
0: yeah. and you get binding on the neck that yeah. is the difference
1: yeah yeah so it's like you get less options which you know that's that's personal preference but it's options are good I get it's easier and more economical for, for them to make um, less options and hopefully the mindset is less options so the the guitar building is more consistent that's the hope mm-hmm. um, I don't know if that's the case but that's always the hope and that's yeah. what you think so that could be viewed as a positive maybe. Last year they had two finishes for uh-huh. the whole line.
0: Yeah. Um this year they added I think two or three more. Okay. Um now I I think in my opinion, I was born a little too late. I think the dream years of buying a Gibson was when when standards you could get the 50s neck Les Paul or the 60s neck Les Paul. Right. And then there were studios that had the '60s.
1: Yeah. You know, in fact, I think there were some less small studios that had the '50s next too. Yeah, they had. There's they always changed it up every few years and to keep you know things fresh. They, they never wanted to, just like with any company, you know if they they have to keep people guessing and a little bit on their toes to create you know some urgency. But that hasn't
0: worked for Gibson in almost but, a decade. Yeah,
1: that's the thing. I think. And we said this briefly, I feel like, and again, this is just from, you know, I've not had the most experience, but just as my time as a guitar salesman, and just talking to people, people don't want the crazy tricked out Les Pauls. They want, and when everybody thinks of Les Paul, they think of the guitars I mentioned a little bit ago. They think of the actual 59s, the 60s the 57s, and the differences between them. And, like, the differences between those are subtle, but they made a difference. Like, the fret wiring on the 60s is slightly thicker than the 59, so the 59 has this plucking overtone to them that a the 60 doesn't necessarily have just because the fret wiring, like, the next profiles were slightly different. Like, 59, like, precursor to the 60, the necks were fatter. Mm-hmm. And, like, the 57 Dwayne Allman Les Paul I played was a chunky neck, but it was the most comfortable chunky neck I've ever played. Mm. Um, so you know their 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 heritage and their history is what people love about the company. and to me it feels like the further I get innovation and I get trying to progress as a company, but there has to become a point and we have to realize like look we tried stuff we tried the Firebird X, we tried the dusk tiger, whatever the hell. Yeah, Like a few years back and realized, hey, this isn't working. Maybe let's stick to what people want and let's stick to what makes, defines us as a company and our history and heritage and let's preserve that and make it awesome today. Mm-hmm. And they're not, I don't feel like they're doing that. No, Um,
0: I know, um, first off, me more than Kalen, I would even say I love Gibson guitars. Yeah. Explorers are like some of my favorite guitars of all time. Les Paul Studios, I've come to love those just because it's no nonsense. Uh, An Ebony Les Paul is black, looks good, plays good, sounds good. Um, And then I would love one day to have a Gibson Les Paul custom. But the way they're doing stuff, I feel like by the time I can afford one, they're not going to be a company anymore.
1: Well, here's the thing. There's less (laughs) distinction between a custom and a USA now. I would say from my experience, as far as like the price point, because whenever I visited USA versus um, custom i i would categorize the custom factory more on the level of prs as far as the operation like they churned out about 50 guitar 50 to at the most 100 i don't think they ever hit 100 guitars a day but it, was, it averaged about 50 guitars a day that they would turn out gibson usa would turn out 400 to 600 a day dang now you have to understand that is a much bigger operation and it's a lot You know, the facilities itself are much bigger and there's a lot more people working there. But think about that. Like how much more attention and time and detail. And because you have a smaller group of professionals that do it, it's a lot easier to maintain. The guys that are there have been there for years and know what they're doing. So for me, what I've come to is like like the I would between if I was looking like we're looking on a screen at a Gibson less custom shop Les Paul right here, Ebony, just a standard Ebony one. Um, it's tagged at uh, th- uh, $4,000, $399.99. And that in between, in comparison to the current Les Paul standard, is $3,399. If I'm, you know, if I'm spending $3,400 versus $4,000, if I'm already up in that price tier, might as well just churn out the extra 600 bucks and get it custom. I mean, in... Again, I'm the type of person, I don't care about the crazy finishes, whatever. You know, they look pretty. They look awesome. But to me, a custom just looks so badass as it is. It doesn't need the frills of it. Dude, I want an Alpine white Les Paul custom. that would be so sick. And I've heard what's funny is like underneath a lot of Les Paul customs, if you let the light hit it just right as it ages, there's a lot of 4A and 5A tops. Mm. underneath the Les Paul. There better be. Because whenever I visited, (laughs) yeah, well, when I visited the custom shop, they said sometimes when wood selections diminished because it's a smaller facility, they would just had to use what they had and a lot of the maple caps that they had were graded 4A and 5A grade maple caps that they put on the custom Les Pauls just to paint it black. But, if it aged and it like started to wear away and you see underneath there and light hits it just right, you can sometimes see the flame underneath some of those. So that's just, Kind of crazy. But yeah. the quality in my observation of viewing both factories, the quality of the custom stuff versus the USA, I found to be pretty astronomical to me as far as the quality difference.
0: Yeah. And then with the customs, it's like point to point wiring. It's it's,
1: just, it's done right. It's done. And I, and I will say this. They did pitch it this way and I kind of get it, but I don't necessarily agree with it. The way it was marketed and pitched to us they're like custom is for the guys who want to get gibsons and les pauls of yesteryear they're it's marketed for the guys like the historic reissues the closet cut or whatever they call them um the they like they do a thing where they'll like find a specific guitar and they'll literally throw it in like a a cat scanner and then see what the insides and what what made it that guitar and then they'll do a short limited run based upon that specific guitar it's for the guys who love the vintage stuff but want a vintage spec one, but new. That's what the custom shop is made for. And then USA is supposed to be the innovative forward moving. But here's the thing it's like the price point difference of the two, that margin is less now. Yeah. The amount of people when I worked at
0: the Guitar Center that would come in with like a, a roll of $4,000 in their uh-huh. hand. Um, and you'd actually be surprised how often that did happen.
1: Oh, it, it happens way more than you would anticipate, um, yeah.
0: They would love the idea of Les Paul Standard, and then I would say, oh, by the way, the internals is a circle, circuit board. Mm-hmm. And they'd say, okay, just give me a traditional. Yeah. Or a classic. And they would, they would... Save themselves about sixteen hundred dollars from what they wanted to buy, based purely on the fact that there's a circuit board maintaining all your stuff.
1: And if one potentiometer goes out, then you have to replace the entire circuit board, which is upwards between like $100 and 200 bucks just to replace a pot. What
0: remind what this reminds me of is Apple. Yeah. Um. Now I have an iPhone X. Um. I love it. I think it's a great phone. I'll be honest. It's it's not worth what I what I, it's bought out price is worth compared to uh, side-by-side comparisons to like a Samsung or something like that. Mm-hmm. The amount of options, the amount of better, the amount of more power, the amount of flexibility. And it reminds me, even with the laptops, the fact that like, oh, we're going to take the Liberty and solder on the RAM for you so you can't change it. Pay more now. And then yeah. at the same, like so um last year, bought a MacBook Pro 2017 model. Amazing laptop. It was a great laptop. Nothing wrong with it. I actually liked the uh, the C uh, Type-C USBs. I'll get you those dongles. <laughs> um, but I sold it and bought a PC. I built a PC um, for you know, $2,500 for that laptop. For $1,600 um, PC build, I have two times the processor, uh, four times the juggling, same amount of RAM, faster, more efficient, and I have three times, no, four times the video uh, RAM And if I wanted to, I could add stuff in PCI slots. Right. Um, If I wanted to have a Pro Tools HD rig, cool. Let me buy this thing, slide it in, done. If you want to buy a $4,000 Mac Pro um, with similar specs, I would then have to buy a Caddy and buy all the adapters and stuff to use a Pro Tools HD rig. It's just kind of like, how much are you making me worship you before... I get the thing I need exactly. Right. And I feel that way about Gibson because like the circuit board, nobody wants that. No one. They and want that. The so new- when it breaks, you have to buy the thing from them or pay the extra money to actually get the internals and have someone rewire the whole thing for you.
1: And have you even, have you watched the videos on the new 2019s? No. Um, They even went, they, they even went more in depth with the circuit board this year. Um and and then they with the the, and their whole thing is like you get both the traditional and the features all in one because you can you can choose to like bypass all the extra features or something on it and or like have them in as much as you want but it's like that's not the point it's not the point it's necessarily the features it's 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 function it's function over form in this part it's like it's just it's gonna fail they're gonna they're trying
0: so hard to um to say they didn't make a bad choice.
1: Yeah, they're trying to sell it like, "No, no this this made this made sense. This is why we are trying to do this." It's like, "No, you're I I get the bells and whistles in the features. That's cool. That should Sweet. be its own line." Yeah. Like the PCB version over here this much. And I, I will say part and here's and this is one thing that aggravates me about Gibson. Um the one thing? part not one thing. Not just the one thing, but one thing that seems so stupid at it. it's like just even beyond me that this was their thought process so part of the reason that they we asked about the circuit boards when we went to Gibson we asked them why did you go good um <laughs> why did you go that route does it make sense they're like well our solder the, the people we sourced our solder from for whatever reason it changed I can't remember why so they the solder that they were getting sourced Um, for their factory, it took a hotter temperature to for it to melt. So what they were running into is that people soldering the solder joints in the guitars in the company, like it was being less consistent. There was more issue. There was a lot of issues with solder joints in the guitars coming straight out of the factory because the the solder had to get that much more hot to, to to properly make the connections, and it. And it hurts manufacturing time, so their their solution instead of like trying to figure out an alternate source of solder. Well, yeah, because we was, know
0: solder only comes from one company, uh,
1: obviously. <laughs> so their solution was like, well, let's <laughs> just make a circuit board so we can just slap it in the guitar and it's already done and makes in takes less time. Which I get them trying to make things more economical time wise, but it's like, dude, just take a little bit extra time source the correct solder so you can do things to tried and true way and don't overcomplicate things and i mean i don't know the, s- the specs but i guarantee manufacturing the circuit boards is probably way more way less cost effective than just getting different solder mm-hmm. it just doesn't make well, sense to me i think it's part of it me. i think part of it's the time it takes to pay someone to also be there to solder the whole thing together that's probably it too you know it's all mechanized you know yeah. and there's there's Gibson still does a lot of stuff by hand and that's pretty respectable. Like there's literally a guy holding each body with a spray gun and spraying down the, the sunburst mm-hmm. finishes. It's not, that stuff's not mechanized. There's still a lot of like one of the most impressive things I will say is the hand binding, the yeah. amount of work. There's literally a guy like with his shirt off, sweating bullets, wrapping this thing, putting it on there and using cloths to wrap it and glue it down And it is intense work. Like, I could not believe how difficult hand binding is. Um, And so that's impressive. And there were some stuff, but they do have a lot of it still mechanized. Like, as far as, like, carving the bodies, there's still a lot of things that are done by machine. Um, People give PRS a lot of flack for them expediting their process with a lot of mechanized machines for consistency. Uh, But a lot of the reasons you see problems with Gibson's is because human error yeah and some of those things so it's like yeah i get you like the thought of making everything by hand but sometimes a machine is going to do some things better and it's yeah. good to utilize technology in that regard
0: like i i just pulled up the faded warren brown uh let uh, you know gibson sg those are now a thousand dollars oh my gosh that is painful that was hardly a 700 dollar guitar
1: maybe like i remember one of those were like five or six hundred bucks
0: yeah um, Like, I don't know. It's just insane that it's gotten so expensive and they've literally gone against anything anyone's ever asked them. And I, th- I, I honestly, it has to be. They're too embarrassed to say they made a bad decision a couple like, years
1: ago. Like, I would, I feel like, and this is, again, just my opinion and probably a lot of other people's opinions, but I feel like it's, if Gibson came out and said, look, we are sorry, we own what we did, we have not made the best decisions, but let's get back to what made our company great and let's just get back to basics, make killer guitars. I think if they come out and said that mm-hmm. and own what they the bad decision making of the past, I think that would speak volumes for the company. I think that would help restore some faith. Now, they would have to deliver on that promise, like they would have to actually put out good guitars, but I feel like people who wouldn't have given them another chance would now potentially give them another chance
0: <coughs> I I completely agree um I don't know man it's like if they if they did that so say like next year 2020 uh 2019 you know the 19 models already out never mind so 2020 yeah if they came out and said hey here's 60s less paul standards here are the f- you know 10 original colors that we were doing and here's 10 50s they would sell more guitars if they cut the nonsense, yeah, they all have the same, you just have Burst Bucker Pros in them. You're done.
1: Yeah, it's like, they don't, people don't want the options. They just want, oh, is this a good Les Paul? Does this sound good? Does it feel good? Yeah, it's it's like, uh, I'm trying to think of an example. I know there's a, specifically a coffee shop, or like Cane's Chicken is like a good example, or Twisted Root, like, which is a local Dallas uh, burger place, Um and there's a lot of companies that are this way. Or In-N-Out is a good example. That's more widely known. You go to In-N-Out. There is a secret menu. We're ignoring that. You go there. They have a double double. They have the single. They have. They just give you these options. Like we give you burgers. This is what we're good at. Pick what you want. And then, extremely
0: popular burger.
1: Yeah. And we don't and don't get on a In-N-Out water burger comparison. That's not the point of this. <laughs> um, yeah. There's like here's what we have. Pick what you want. And you know it's gonna be good or good to a certain level. You know, if Gibson had that same mentality, it's like, here's great guitars, here's a Les Paul, here's an SG, here's a Flying V, here's a, an Explorer with these specs, two, maybe three colors with the same types of pickups, but they're awesome, pick which one. Yeah. I think they would sell tons.
0: I think I just pulled up an, an amazing example. Yes. The Fender Twin Amp. You have yes. a 65-year version and a 68-year version. Mm-hmm. Has anyone ever asked... For a more modern Fender Twin. No, No. because Fender Twin, those two amps nailed it. Those have been selling for freaking 40
1: years. They're great. Like the only, the most modern take. 50 years, I'm sorry. Yeah, the most modern take on the Fender was the current 68 Custom. And the only reason it's a slightly modern take is the... The standard channels are standard like twin. And if you wanted to go to the custom channel, it's based off a basement circuit. So they gave you, they gave you like a little bit of an option, but they're still the good. Like, they're, I mean, they're both great. I mean, I think they're, I actually prefer the 68 over the 65 personally, but it's, they gave you a little bit of an extra option if you want a little bit different, but it's of, it's an option of an old, highly respected amp that Mm -hmm. Fender also made back in the day. They've made peace
0: with leaning into what they do, or they did with this model. Even the basement Circuit, it's still a basement Circuit. Exactly. It's not like the basement Plus with a circuit, and then also you could pull the tone knob out and get a rhythm channel. Nobody, like, no one cares about that. Like, maybe 12 people.
1: Yeah, and I would say the Fender versus Gibson argument, like, sure, Fender has made innovations, and they've made slight tweaks, but it's not necessarily abandoning the thought process that made them great mm-hmm. and they still have like all the you know if you want to get it the way it was you have those options mm-hmm. more accessible they're not just ruled out and i will say when i went to gibson in 2015 and this is this is just ties a bow on their philosophy which blow, blew our minds like we legitimately the guys the guitar center guys the platinum room guys which are the guys that are slinging the the most expensive guitars they own most of them own a room like or they don't no, own they run a room in the stores that are the highest profiting or highest selling um expensive wise guitars in the stores um guys from la new york to times square store we we're all there scratching our heads because their thought when we asked them it's like well why did you in 2015 if you didn't know all the g- Gibson guitars had the Tronicle, which is a third-party company, if you didn't know. Tronicle makes these things. It's not a Gibson proprietary thing. They outsourced it. Um, all the e-tuners, their reasoning for it is like, well, if we don't... And, and this it's, it was such, so backward. Like, I get the note. And this kind of goes with what I was saying as far as not giving an option, but in a negative sense. It has to be good quality stuff to not give them an option. So I'm impressed with that. With that, they're like, "Well, if we don't give them the choice not to get the E tuner, then they have to get it." Um, (laughs) No, (laughs) oh no, (laughs) they could just not buy the guitar at all, and they'll go pick up a Fender and be happier.
0: Which happened, and it got to the point that Gibson sent reps to stores to pull out the electronic tuners and put in proper tuners.
1: Guitar Center specifically, they were they went to Gibson because I remember being on like at the stores when this happened. Um, and at the time, Gibson wanted us to keep this hush hush, but I don't work for the company anymore, so I don't care. Gibson, Guitar Center specifically, reached out to Gibson and was like, dude, it's not us. Like, we've sold Les Pauls for years, we sell them all the time. Like, it's not our guys that are not selling these, it's your product. We have had so many in store issues with these e tuners. They keep breaking, they're not easy to maintain in store by the time they passed through several people's hands like there was some that would just automatically detune itself completely and like the strings on the guitar were like rubber bands oh dude yeah and then we had to like it took like we had to bust out this manual and try to figure out how to readjust it to where it get back up to tension it was just this massive headache we had to maintain batteries make sure all the guitars were adequately charged all the time because half the time if it if the charge went out a person would pick it up, and then they'd play it, and I was like, oh, it doesn't work. It was like, well, let me tune it. It's like, well, they couldn't manually tune it because they potentially break it. And it's like, oh, wait, the battery's dead. Let me find this charger so I can put it on a charger and get it charged up so then you can actually tune your guitar. It just didn't make sense. It was awful. It was such a... And not even that, trying to keep everything together with the cases, like um, because not only they Gibson... Um, provided a Polaroid picture of the guitar leaving the floor that had to be assigned with their personal cases. Which I thought that was actually pretty which cool. Which is pretty cool. yeah. But the logistics of it was super tough as far as maintaining, making sure all the cases were assigned, serial number to the correct guitar. Um, and there's so many times when if like an, a new employee or something, which is this is more on guitar center side of things, but it also was a logistical issue. If like a case accidentally got swapped, if, if we had two of the same guitar, a new guy pulled the case from one guitar that wasn't quite right. You know, the customer would be unhappy. It's like, well, this picture is not the same as the one I have, you know, and it created all this stuff. All that to say, it was such a pain to try to convince somebody to buy a Gibson that year so bad the Guitar Center had the reps. They, they told them we would pull a lot of your guitars if you don't fix this problem. So they had reps come in, take off the e-tuners, put on the regular Grovers and then they labeled it as a commemorative Les Paul 2015 commemorative Les Paul is what they relabeled them as because the E tuners were so bad because Gibson felt like not giving them an option on a bad idea was a good idea
0: yeah I owned uh one with um you did
1: you the traditional pro three
0: yeah right and uh I gave it a fair chance I was like you know what yeah this could be a cool idea uh I can see how this is dope in the studio so let me try it. And so I had a gig with least of these. <laughs> and um was playing a show. All right. Uh, we got about 15 seconds in between these two songs. TJ's going to say something. Let me tune up. Bring, 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 oh, oh, no, bring. the one string that's out. Bring, bring, like, let me focus ding, on that one ding, string. Ding, let me, ding,
1: ding, let me ding, go back ding, to the button ding, that's ding, on the back. Ding, and ding, and ding, let me find ding, the right string and try to get that tension back. Okay, And okay, it's like uh, one, uh, two, uh, three, uh, four. Uh, yeah. Miss my intro. Ding, ding. In tune. Boom. And then I start playing. And of course, one of the strings slightly out of tune. Yeah. That was the thing. It was like, it would get it 90% of the time, which when you're playing in a live setting, that 10% makes a big freaking difference. If, like, one, it's like, it's not a thing. It was like, oh, well, five out of six strings, those are all in tune, but the one slightly sharp or flat, it's like, well, that sticks out like a sore thumb. Mm -hmm. You can't have that. There's no room for error on that. No, and I'm a Les Paul guy. I've, whenever i have those
0: i'm currently in the box of i'm making peace with the fact that this guitar is out of tune by the end of the song right um and so but not having access to that one freaking
1: g-string tuner to bring it up a half step or a quarter step without like going to the like the buttons that you're hard to press anyway in good lighting think about you're in you're on a stage black it's on dark, black, black is not easy to see yeah black on black is not even see even <laughs> if it lights up it's like well which there's like three layers so it's like well, which layer am i on oh let me use a little arrow to scroll over to the correct string string and then i have to go and hit that one okay and then wait for it to and then most times whenever you focus it on the individual string it wouldn't yeah. you know
0: after one show bought a pack of gibson grovers <laughs> had them changed out and yeah. guess what brand new drill hole i was so excited about that <laughs> um, it was just. It was so. It was redundant. And then, you know, it's just silly. It's. It's just like, well, this is the idea we made. It's. It's a good idea. It's like a. It's like iPhone 10 face recognition or passcode only. Now, granted, the uh, face recognition works. 99% of the time. I've only ever, it's only when it's pitch black
1: in the room. I still haven't ventured in that territory. I'm still chilling on my seven. So that, that yeah. I've been nervous about that. <laughs> no, it actually works really well. Okay. It, um, and I was, I went
0: to Samsung. Uh, phones for half a year because i was like nope this is stupid i'm done no headphone jack and you'd be surprised how easily you don't really miss a headphone jack except when you want to show someone a new mix or something right. yes. it like a jackass trying to pull out your dongle it's like oh i left it in my other pants <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> always happens to me and uh right leon yeah leon's
1: like that's right yeah in agreement but all that to say we could harp on forever the the woes of gibson it's like here's the thing gibson people want to buy your guitars people want to believe in your company but you have to provide a product that's of quality at a certain price point that's reasonable for what you're selling you know i don't feel as a guitar smells salesman and even in 2015 16 whenever that big price jump happened then Um, which I understand your reasoning. You said we didn't increase prices in three years prior. So that was the natural. If we would have increased the price gradually every year, that's where the price would have ended up anyway. It just seemed like a drastic jump because they made that jump because they didn't make the reduction before I get that. But I still, as a salesman couldn't had trouble in good conscience selling them a guitar at that price point when they, could get something as good, if not better quality for so much less. And I mean, it's great for companies like ESP, Schecter, Chapman, whoever else, because it's like, well, sweet, we'll give them kick ass stuff for way less money. You know? Yeah. It just I've, doesn't have to get some name on it. Prime example.
0: Uh, so, um, So before I say that, the best Les Paul. So I've owned Les Pauls that cost $2,200. I've owned Les Pauls that cost $700. My greatest Les Paul I've ever owned was a Les Paul Studio Faded Ebony that was $6.99, came with a hard shell, and, um, dude, it was the best playing guitar I've ever owned. It was the best Les Paul I've ever owned. Almost no tuning problems. I sold it a long time ago like a moron. It magically came back to our Guitar Center store. Right, And there, that's was th- happened to you a few times. I know, right? There were three owners between me and then me seeing it again, I was able to tra- track down the um, serial number. I was the original purchaser. Awesome. I bought it. Here's where the story gets sad. I left it in my trunk one night, neck warped.
1: Yeah. It's Boom. Just, yeah. And, and that's another thing. I mean, we can get into the whole topics of issues with Les Pauls and the D-string that always gets out of tune. And we're not even touching on just the things that people deal with because they're Les Pauls. Uh, and they just sound great. But it's it's just making it so difficult to really support and want to back these guitars. Whenever it's just like the price, it just doesn't just doesn't make logical sense anymore. Yeah.
0: Um. Right now, the most Les Paul type guitar below fifteen hundred dollars I could think of, and I'm including like Gibson Les Pauls in that price range, <laughs> is probably the PRS S2 satin single cut. Yeah.
1: I mean, I've and I've been a PRS guy for years. And I always, and I, and I don't believe. And while I am a PRS guy, I still think there's, there's definitely a a tone difference between like a Les Paul and like a single cut PRS. I think they're still the kind of their own thing. But the Mm -hmm. PRS can do that sound super well. It's just its own take on it. Yeah. Um. And I feel like you have to be okay with that if you're going to get the PRS. But it's a far more stable, like more trustworthy guitar Well, the comparison. g-string won't be out after yeah the song. it's it's gonna be like you can beat that thing to death and it'll and it'll like retain tuning better and it's gonna be lighter probably mm. i don't know my 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 prs is pretty dang heavy but an average they're gonna be lighter also to speak towards i had the gibson rep he's a great guy the one in dallas it's very very nice fellow um but yeah we i remember we were doing some training and stuff and people were asking so what's like the uh sound or sonic difference technically between like a standard and like a studio? He's like, Oh none. Yeah. Well that's the whole point behind the studio yeah. is yeah, the he's fact like, that
0: you're getting um and I would even say it's closer to a custom. Yeah. Because of the pickups they put stock in it. Yeah. Um you just get that thing without having to get the binding and all the you yeah. know the extra he, pretty like, stuff.
1: The standards and everything buff it's like it's purely aesthetic it's like and it's also the fact that the uh the bumblebee caps and stuff like gibson had to reopen that company because that company went out of business but to keep like if you wanted bumblebee caps and for them to exist gibson had like it costs so much more to just produce those caps because people want those um and then like the potentiometers and everything to keep them the way, you know, try to keep them period correct if they use potentiometers anymore. Good God, that's crazy to think about. And the binding and all the stuff. Just the cost of manufacturing, it costs more to have a pretty maple cap on it. You know, the mm-hmm. nitro, uh, the types of nitro finishes uh, all over the guitar. You know, all those things add up incrementally. But does that necessarily make it a better guitar? Not always. Sometimes, maybe. But... With Gibsons, I've found, it's like, no matter what kind of guitar it is, it doesn't matter. You need to play it because, um, or just count your lucky stars whenever you order one online because you never know what you're going to get. Eric's had a decent history with it. He's had some hits and misses. But I've only had one brand new Les Paul, sh- no, sorry, two shipped to me uh-huh. that when I opened it, I was like, oh, what the heck is this? Um, it yeah, was, and that's super fortunate because I've, like, how many new Gibsons I've opened, it's, it's about, I would honestly say 50%.
0: 2010, I ordered a um, an Explorer in natural and a Les Paul traditional. Um, got the Les Paul in, and for some reason, this year, like all the Les Paul necks had little nicks in them, um, right around the 12th to uh, 18th fret. It's like when they were filing, they like dropped the file on the neck because there were little divots across the uh, the wood, and you could see it through the finish. And I was just like, "Huh, this is strange." And so I returned it and just kept the Explorer. Um, now, that was like a one-year thing, or maybe even just a batch that went out, because I had never seen it again. But that was my first time going, oh, is the QC on this kind of weird?
1: Yeah. Oh, and to speak to that, I think, I'm trying to remember if it was 2016 or 2017. It may have been at the end of 2016 when the 2017 line were coming in, but I remember busting open a lot of the new Gibson, Les Pauls and stuff, Les Paul specifically, that came into the store and we noticed something weird with them. Uh, we're like, why is they the- were all
0: missing their noses?
1: That's exactly it. But no, uh, the bridge where they were drilled, the position of where the drill was, was significantly closer. We're not, I do not say significantly, but it was not- notably closer to the bridge pickup than normal. We're like, that's so weird. And then we looked at the setup on the bridge as far as like intonation is concerned and it was crazy extreme and we started seeing it consistently f- of some guitars but not on all but some it was that way so they legit screwed the they holes legit, too close to they the. they legitimately messed up dr- incorrectly drilled the holes improperly and tried to come instead of like just nixing it trying to just saying oh those are bad this whole batch i'm guessing there were so many of them that were done that way they tried to compensate for the difference with intonation, and I guarantee it was f- technically fine in store, but people don't buy Les Paul's to play for five years. They buy them to have them for life, supposedly. That's the thought. Yeah, so, ideally. Ideally, so five, ten years down the road, if the next, and things, the next shifts, things transition as it ages. What what happens when you get to the point to where you can't properly intonate? Yeah, in so well, man. You're you know You're with a guitar that's not going to perform its best, so that's yeah. just super unfortunate.
0: Now I am optimistic that, um, and I, I think we were all optimistic after this bankruptcy and the buyout, uh, to for them to kind of like, okay, what are we doing that works? Well, I know, let's put PCB boards inside <laughs> the guitars, and it's like, well, no, 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 no. You make a classic guitar that is a piece of freaking history that people adore because of players from the 70s and 80s just using these guitars and you know 60s like this was a guitar that was really important to history oh yeah like yeah, so important so beautiful and like i think the only line that i don't see near any of the amount of complaints is like the 335s right and stuff like that. well it's
1: made a different factory the yeah. the the memphis well well now it's closing down now all right oh so who knows anymore yeah <laughs> it's a it's but, a bummer man because yeah. like I've been
0: a Gibson, like, lover since I was 14, first playing guitar. My dream was to always have a Les Paul. Got an Epiphone Les Paul, played the crap out of that, um, got my first standard, um, liked it a lot, and had tuning issues. That's when I learned about Gibson tuning issues. Um, got That's when I got the Horizon. I sold that to get a Horizon. Uh-huh. And then I sold that Horizon to get an Epiphone. And I used that Epiphone for a couple years. Um, and then I finally got a studio. I I'd had I'd heard people talking crap on studios for a while i got in the studio that that cheap one loved it yeah used that for like eight years almost um and then sure enough you know one night in the trunk dead um and it was a, such a bummer man because like uh i remember talking to diego and i'm like man is there any way to fix this he's like dude this twist is like right it was like around the 10th fret and so like he's like dude i i can't fix this like your That's neck so is sad. just it's, it's yeah i'm sorry dude and I was just so freaking sad. because um, 'cause I've never played another Les Paul like it. Um and then to see like, okay, cool. Well now our uh entry flagship level of the studio is uh it's three hundred dollars more expensive. You could get it in five colors and they all have binding, which is binding looks beautiful. I love binding, especially white binding. But yeah. when I hold a studio, man, I want that thing to look like I'm like I want I want to see where the rosewood meets that black neck.
1: Yeah. It's like the binding and stuff is not for that line. Like it's it's just known that, okay, you know, it's less money. It's a more economical financial decision. So it's not going to have not going to have as many frills. People expect that. So you know, if that expectancy is there, why are you trying to provide something people don't expect?
0: And here's something I wonder if due to inflation and getting parts and stuff so crucial, how has Epiphone stayed the exact same price? Also needing mahogany, also needing rosewood. You yeah. Know, like, there's just some things where it's like, I get it if the guitar went 50 bucks up a year, but for it to go up $300 for like your bottom tier lacquer finished guitar, like, I don't see how that's $300 difference. You did it, add the binding.
1: Yeah. The only thing I could guess is like.
0: <sighs> Schecter is-
1: prices that stayed the same, LTD prices that stayed the same is like the quality that they're trying to get which i don't know if that's bs or not i'm just i'm just throwing out ideas maybe trying to make sense of it maybe the quality that they that passes their levels is a little bit harder to get so therefore it's more expensive and then i know there's under super big scrutiny from the government because that one you know where the the, rosewood fiasco yeah they're the mahogany mahogany yeah fiasco because they made the government series les pauls with the wood that they actually recovered from the government and they called it the government it's kind of a you to the government which was kind of cool that was actually sweet yeah, that was fun um but i don't know it just man it's just sad it's just i, I i'm trying to find like that's what i'll do i'll try to find a justification for it it's like okay this has to make sense but it's just getting harder and harder to try to like
0: Les Paul Jr. is $1,500 right now.
1: Ah, let's see. It's like, (laughs) if I try to find a glimmer of hope, then like the stat shoots it down. Yeah, like,
0: it's such a bummer because nothing, in my opinion, sounds like a Gibson. Right. Which... That that could just be ultimate arguments. Like, but, oh, no, but nothing it, sounds like a Fender. Nothing sounds like It's like, like the PRS. cable it's company just, from South sound. Park. It's like the South Park cable company. It's like, oh, sorry. Maybe you could get the um, other companies like in you know, rubbing your nipples like uh, Gibson tone. Oh, geez, no one makes it. God, we're so sorry. Like, <laughs> that's literally what it
1: is. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. It's like, well, I leave. I've left my P R S in a hot trailer for like days at a time, and the neck is perfectly straight. What's up? Okay. i don't get how
0: gib- people tour with gibsons
1: yeah i don't understand it that's
0: like when i had a gibson i leave my fender in the van i take my gibson inside wherever we stayed yeah. i put it under the blanket with me <laughs> like okay you need give it a pillow yeah
1: give it a pillow rub it then read a bedtime story
0: yeah yeah get you know and then it's like oh cool it survived tonight Let's cool next.
1: so <laughs> next day whole exactly. another ball game ball game
0: mm-hmm I don't know. It's a bummer because I love the company so much. Yeah, we say
1: all this out of love for it. I know it sounds like we're trashing it and bashing it. We say these things because we want to see the company excel. We want to see the company put out killer products. We want to see it be successful. It's just literally painful to watch a company that we has believe that has so much history and so much heritage to just be crapped all over. Mm-hmm. And that's what it feels like. And it's just sad. And, and I'll even add this. I don't like the new Fender line, the
0: of the American made stuff. Like yeah. I feel like they they try too hard to modernize those. Yeah, um, but I think some of it I, I don't like some of it. I feel like their Mexican line they really stepped that yeah, up. Yeah, they that's made great. the Mexican line almost like the last year's American line, um, and it's just like okay, cool. So if I want to get a Telecaster now, if I want the bridge I prefer, I have to get the uh, Elite series. Yeah. Um, or else I get the little brass tees, which those are a pain in the butt to intonate.
1: Yeah, I have them on my uh my redwood telecaster, which I know it's a fifty it's essentially a fifty-two reissue, and they wanted to keep everything like spec oriented and well there's correct.
0: that it's a fifty-two reissue. Right. So that's appropriate. Yeah, that's true. Um like what, is it gonna be like two thousand uh 21 you know 100 you know years on earth it's like oh here's the 2018
1: model with the <laughs> pcb
0: board and everyone's just like oh god why are <laughs> you ancient re-
1: technology that is now like obsolete
0: yeah we found out mid 2050 that people just wanted the original les paul done and so we started building those again <laughs> Hallelujah. and we own amazon now because of all the sales we made <laughs> like i don't know i mean i feel like that's like what it is if they would just like chill out make your classic instrument and the the, the whole argument oh they have the classic thing out i'm like yeah and they have the traditional it's like yeah but the traditional only comes with p90s this year nice yeah
1: yeah because that's traditional in every god yeah Uh!
0: in this blue finish like (laughs) um i don't know i feel like i don't know we we've said enough on this yeah
1: i mean we're at we're beating a horse with another dead horse at this point but
0: yeah and we're not the first people to have this conversation either. Exactly. Um it's just a bummer this conversation's been happening for close to 8 years.
1: Yeah, it's it's like every year there's a hope that it everything will be resolved and not happen anymore <laughs> here Lee, I'm unbreathing. Not happen anymore, but year after year just like we're disappointed by the Dallas Cowboys every year. Gibson does the same thing to our hearts.
0: Yeah. So, well, sadly this is eric jones sadly
1: this is kalen Orr.
0: and then we wish gibson the best we really hope you yes. just lean into your golden material and um just do what you do man yeah y'all know home depot sell solder like you could go there and actually get like, a <laughs> spool of that crap that's like 14 bucks y- you um, got this man you got a local we micro center do. or fries it's a- you use amazon amazon's got <laughs> sold that you could
1: buy You could buy that stuff in a big old reel. Um, You've disappointed us time and time again, but we have faith that it will eventually get better. So prove us right, please. And until that, just look at the used market. Adios, everyone. Later.